KCNS FM Colville, KCNS AM Salt Lake City, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show, hour two underway here, live on location with the Bountiful Rotary Club today, their Coats for Kids car show. Some absolutely incredible vehicles, by the way, just parked here. It's super cool. Like, I'm, you know, usually, like, this is a little bit more eye candy than I normally get when I do the Saturday show. Not like, you know, (laughs) I mean, not that looking across the table at your face isn't, you know, already good enough for me, but it's like, now I've got the cars and things and, no doubt you know, about Johnny's that. here as well and so this is just a great place to be yeah absolutely having a blast out here so if you guys are looking for something to do today on this lovely afternoon by the way like for August this weather cannot be beat we've had a very brutal summer in terms of heat yeah no this is I mean this is perfect yeah like I, I could be out here all day yeah. I might be <laughs> You're just going to hang out all day. Yeah, uh, why not, right? No, no no doubt about that. So uh, thank you, by the way, to all of you for tuning in here. Good to hear from BYU. Uh, funny enough, we expected Utah to go f- before BYU because Utah media availability was supposed to expect it around 1130 is what the release said. Well, they have like just barely started, it seems like. I'm seeing stuff come <laughs> over the timeline. Meanwhile, BYU is supposed to go later. It's to go around 1245, 1 o'clock. They decided to go, you know, like 1230. So, Welcome to how media works, man. It is pulling back the curtain a little bit for those of you listening out there. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. Yeah, a lot of scrambling, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, quarterbacks aren't the only ones that have to scramble when the pocket breaks down. Yeah, do, do it a little bit here <laughs> as well. No doubt about that. So uh, we're going to move up a segment here because we're anticipating hopefully at some point some Utah audio. We'll keep an eye on that. But we're going to move up what normally we play in what we're call, our 130 segment. It's our five minutes of segment. And Obviously, we have a lot of fun talking about different topics we have not touched on for the day. And, of course, the big hit of them all is Saki. Still with Brentford. And the chance of the goal! Return feed to McDavid. Getting around Eckwood Larson. Here is McDavid. He scores. What a goal. Can be said for Barcock. Give it away rather cheaply. Dika again. Yeah. It worked once. You get a centre back. And here's Holland. Strength. Power. Precision. Pass. 1 0. Marco Rice. There goes the beer. Salah on his left foot, and it's 3-0. And Mohamed Salah scores on five consecutive Premier League opening days, and that's a new record. Once again, set pace. Nice open there by Eric, obviously, Saki. We uh, had a suggestion from our good friend Clint, a very avid listener of the station, and the Saturday show in particular, where we like to talk about soccer and hockey. Why not just put them together? So... 
obviously hockey very much in the dead of their off season here, Lundy, but it is your specialty. I did see though that Henrik Lundqvist called it a career. Yeah. He uh he retired. Um kind of a little unexpected, but all you know, I mean, great career, you know, hang it up while you you know, before it gets fifteen too far down. Yeah, fifteen seasons with the Rangers if I'm not mistaken, yeah. right? So yeah. You know, always kind of unfortunate to see guys retire, but you know, like good on him. Happy retirement. Yeah. Um couple other stories that are coming down like there's two that i wanted to hit on okay. uh first one real quick the nhl is you know the nhl's board of governors approved advertisements for the front of team this on espn it says front of team's jerseys i would like to correct that say front of team sweaters uh good call you know for the 2022 2023 season uh during the 2020 season like this past nhl season they had them on the sides of the helmets uh which was a little bit weird to me to see that you know getting used to the, the team's decal logo being more kind of on the front of the helmet with the advertisements on the sides. Um, they're going to be allowing now advertisements on the front of the sweaters. We see that in other sports. You know, I mean, the NBA has those say, small. They already have this patch. Um, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, in soccer specifically, it's very prevalent, you know, where it's that's that's the main logo is the, the sponsor, and then the team gets kind of a smaller thing on their own jersey. Um Okay, so but, okay, sorry, sorry to interject there. Yeah, no with problem. with the helmet stuff last year, I didn't notice it honestly. I, it's just me speaking. I didn't watch as much hockey as you uh-huh. and Eric obviously did, but I remember them saying they were going to allow that last year. But I never thought that I never like watched a hockey ma- hockey match or was it a hockey game hockey, hockey match, game whatever. Okay. But I never turned it on. and was like, oh, it's glaring. There's a there's an advertisement on that helmet. I don't know. Is that that's maybe just me though. Yeah, it was something that I noticed pretty quickly. Um, yeah, I noticed it you a know, lot, I, too. Especially I, in, like, the and, close-up shots. Yeah, and I... Fair enough. Like, you know, admittedly, I missed the initial announcement that I, that was going to happen. Sure. So I turned on the first Oilers game of the season and was like, wait a minute, why does it say Bell on their helmets? <laughs> and so I looked it up, and it was like, oh, like, you know. And, like, I actually had the thought, like, has this been going on for a while, and I'm only just now noticing? Because that happens to me a lot. Yeah. And so... I looked it up and it was it was new for last year. Yeah, um, so it's going to continue this yeah, year. Yeah, I was going to say one other thing on this is this is going to continue in all sports. Mm-hmm. NBA teams are pulling in about five million dollars on average for their jersey sponsor, the jersey patches, and mm-hmm. these jersey these sweater patches you're talking about for NHL, they're actually going to be bigger than the NBA ones. Yeah, you can guarantee they're going to continue to do this stuff to draw in as much revenue as they possibly yeah. can. And from uh, Greg Wyshynski mm-hmm. on ESPN, um, he reports, he says, the NHL will allow sports wagering advertisements on jerseys and helmets beginning in the 2022-2023 season. Okay. Um, they will only be allowed on home uniforms and only if single-game sports betting is legal in the team's state or province. Only one sports betting company is permitted to have a sponsor branding on the uniform at a time. Uh, NHL did not allow sportsbook sponsors when it introduced helmet ads in 2020-2021. Jersey ads have been approved starting 2022-2023. So that was interesting to me that, you know, okay, we're going to allow sports betting to advertise, but only on home jerseys and only when it's in an area where that's approved. Um, Now, the other story that I wanted to get to just really quickly here, the city of Glendale is terminating the Arizona Coyotes uh, Gila River Arena lease after this season. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they've played there for the past 18 seasons but since 2016 it's been on a year by year basis yep uh they haven't been able to find a long-term solution city manager kevin phelps uh issued a statement where he said the decision to renew 
the operating agreement with the Coyotes was not made overnight or in a vacuum. Okay. So this is something they've been thinking about for a while. And, uh, you know, prior to even getting to this, shout out to listener uh, Landry Heaton on say, Twitter. It was, sent, it was sent to us, yeah. Yeah, he, he tagged us. Um, the, uh, DuPont Coup on Twitter, he's a reporter. It's quite the name, DuPont Coup, I like it. Yeah, so he said, you know, considering NHL relocation for the Coyotes, said, you know, gives a couple scenarios here. He says the Pacific is a no-no. Um, eight teams are in the division already. There, it needs to be either in the mountain or central time zone. And in his opinion, the four candidates are Milwaukee, Houston, Kansas City, and Utah. Now, okay. I have thought for a, a little while that, you know, we have the, these uh, preseason showcases that get hosted at the Vivint Arena. Yeah. You know, there's one coming up, you know, next month with the Kings and the Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. And I've often been of the opinion that that is the NHL kind of testing this market just to see how it would potentially do, you know, like considering it maybe for expansion. And, uh, you know, for the first time in a really long time, I actually see that as, you know, kind of a decent possibility with this lease coming up. Not to say that it will happen, but I think that there is a a, a greater possibility now than there has been for the past few years. The issue with that, especially in the case of Vivid Arena, is Larry Miller, when he built the arena – it was built yes. with a specific thing for basketball. There were people who said, hey, build this so you could have a hockey team. He said, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm not doing it. It's, it's not built with great hockey sight lines overall, right. to be honest. Uh, obviously, the it's still, I call it the E-Center. It's always been the, the E-Center. The Maverick, Maverick Center Maverick Center now out there in West Valley. That's where the Utah Grizzlies play. Mm-hmm. It's set up better for hockey It's there. set up much better for hockey there. So I, in the, I'm actually – somewhat intrigued that somebody brought up Utah as a potential relocation. I know that people say, well, we want the NFL, we want the MLB. You know what? The NHL, I think, would do fairly decently here. We actually, as a community, we embrace our sports. There were a lot of people who said when Real Salt Lake came to Utah, there's no way that a Major League Soccer team is going to thrive there. And by and large, it's done pretty dang well, all things considered. Yeah, no, when, when pro sports teams come to Utah, Utahns show up and support. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even when it was the Arena Football League mm-hmm. with uh, the Utah Blaze, Blaze playing yeah. there. Um, and at the time, the Energy Solutions Arena, like, you know, I mean, that was, again, you know, kind of similar to the hockey thing. Like the sight lines weren't great. Yeah. And so there were a lot of seats that they wouldn't sell just because it was like, well, you can't really see the field <laughs> from here. And so they would put banners over it. And, stuff. Yeah. and even with the limited seat selection mm-hmm. in its first season and for pretty much all of the seasons during the remainder of its existence, the Blaze led the league in attendance. Scotty G has Scott Gerard, our, our course, our boss at the Zone. He's got a soft spot for the Blaze. He was the play-by-play voice for yeah. a while there, so I know I, he's got a soft spot for that I mean, league. I had season tickets. You yeah. know, I was in high school. I loved it. Yeah. And, so uh, it's interesting. I would love to have another pro franchise here in this state. Mm-hmm. I think people would warm to it. Uh, but some interesting things there. All right, so let's get to the soccer side of hockey here. Uh, Real Salt Lake, uh, as they like to say, we're facing their little bro tonight. It's of course the Rocky Mountain Cup rivalry. It's rivalry. It's it's rivalry week across Major League Soccer. I believe there's 12 matches involving rivals. Obviously, the LA teams. Uh, yeah, you also have uh, so in this case, Real Salt Lake taking on the Colorado Rapids. Uh, this, they play three times a year in a normal season. This is the second matchup of those three games. They'll be in Commerce City, Colorado tonight at Dick's Sporting Goods Park to take on the Rapids. The Rapids actually just in front of Real Salt Lake in the standings right now. And Salt Lake on a little bit of a better run here. They've uh, picked up six points from the past two matches. This will be a tougher match, though, as they go into this setup against uh, Colorado. 
Robin Frazier, for, of course, former RSL assistant, now the head coach out there in Colorado. Doing a pretty good job, all things told. Uh, but we'll see. It'll be an interesting match tonight. Uh, funny enough, the one home match I feel like has been the most dominant one of the season for Real Salt Lake to this point was their first match against Colorado. Real Salt Lake really just, I think, took care of business, showed a very complete match in that. The hope is you can take that on the road and show that again tonight. So I, I do want to ask you a question about okay. this because, like, you know, obviously my, my soccer knowledge is very limited. Sure. Um, and I know that, you know, it's rivalry week. So would, would you say that Colorado is the main rival of RSL? Because I've, I've False. you know, the last time I attended. Wrong. No. <laughs> okay. That's what I thought because I was going to say the last time I attended uh -huh. a, a game, I got some free tickets, um, took a date, went to the game, and it was against uh, Sporting Kansas City. Yes. And yes. showing up knowing nothing about it. And, you know, I was it was maybe five minutes in, and I was like, this feels very yeah very hostile like there's something going on here the sporting kansas city rivalry is an organic one that developed it developed it actually in a preseason match that it was called early due to fisticuffs being thrown by the okay. way uh, it was a preseason match down in arizona and then there's also a infamous uh, pioneer day game so it's played pioneer day oh, yeah. july 24 celebrating a the holiday in in salt lake city here where <laughs> Some let's put it away, late hijinks allowed Sporting Kansas City to escape with a victory that Real Salt Lake players took very much exception to. Benny Fellhaber was on that team. He's kind of been the guy who's been the impetus for this. As PK is fond of saying about the Sporting Kansas City Real Salt Lake thing, they hate us. We hate them. It's just it's something that it's an organic rivalry, but because of the proximity between Colorado and Utah, that, that Rocky Mountain Cup rivalry. It's been very much in favor of Real Salt Lake over the years. Okay. They have a trophy and everything, but it's the one that's, for lack of a better example, it's fake. It's the Colorado Buffaloes and, and the, the Utah, Utah Utes. Utes. Okay, yeah. That's, in terms, that's <laughs> totally what I can understand. Totally manipulated. So it's it's an air quotes rivalry. Contrived, yes. I guess is the way to say it. So okay. It's the arranged rivalry. Yeah. So that's just kind of how that goes. Kind of how that how that plays out. But it'll be a fun one tonight. Uh, first kick scheduled for seven o'clock Mountain Time. David James will obviously be on the call alongside Brian Dunseth. Seven o'clock on KMYU, the KSL TV app, or if you happen to be able to have ESPN Plus, you can check it out there as well. So. Should be a fun one. Uh, Eric, I know that you are a keen observer of English Premier League soccer. Is anything in that realm that we need to touch on that I may have overlooked? Yeah. we. Uh, okay. I'm just sort of here to be the guy for this segment that uh, is in on Europe this year. So, I've, I, you know, I have ESPN+. Plus, I have Paramount+. Mm -hmm. Plus. I watch it. I try to watch a little bit of everything. Alex, you text if me you, your logins, by the way, I'll, I'll just borrow. Yeah, I will absolutely do that after the show. I've I've got you on the Paramount Plus side. I know you got the ESPN. Yeah. Um, Alex, I'll send you logins too. Uh, I've I'll, already got Paramount Plus. So I'll, I'll tell you, buddy. You got to start with Europe, then you'll get the MLS buzz. So, so I I can tell you, I I do have a European team. Okay. Okay. It's AFC Richmond. Well done, Ted Lasso. Oh, Ted Lasso. All right, okay. Well, here, Eric, here your, your comment on that tells me you haven't ever watched Ted Lasso. Yeah, I know. Here are five teams that I believe are the best in Europe that I think okay. Alex should watch this year, and that I think our listeners should try to watch this year. Shouldn't this be like the 150 segment? Like teams that, Eric, that Alex Lindbergh should be watching with your voiceover <laughs> with it? Well, um, maybe, but here, here, here's one. Uh, okay. PSG, they just got messy. Now, unfortunately, this is a terrible suggestion by me because there's no way to, like, feasibly watch League 1 in uh, America. But if you get Paramount+, Plus, they've got Champions League. 
that's where sure. you really want to watch PSG because that's all okay. that matters for them this year. Man City, they'll be on Peacock and NBCSN. Very good team in the Premier League. Just got Jack Grealish over the offseason. They are trying to steal Jay Catch's sweet boy, Harry Kane, and uh, turn themselves into a power once again in England. They uh, are a power already. They are, okay. but they could get better. Uh, Juventus, that's Paramount+. Plus. They've got Ronaldo. Chelsea signed Romelio Lukaku. He will start tomorrow against Arsenal for the first time. Chelsea going back, and then going back to Chelsea after ten years away for yep, him. Yep, NBC and then uh, Manchester United. Their team I am watching a lot this Could year. Could you pick more front runners for us? No, here? no, but the, the, I, I am. I picked the five best teams in Europe. This is mainly for Alex. I mean, if well, you want something, pick so, none of these teams. If Eric? you want something <laughs> off the beaten path, maybe go with the sassy boys, as I like to call them, Sassuolo in Italy. They're going to be good this year. Uh, Eric. Bayern Leverkusen, they're, they're solid. RB Leipzig, they've got Jesse Marches. Just throw Bayern coach. Munich in there and get it over with. I really love Bayern front Munich. Yeah, that, so, is, that is true. So, uh, you know, like, I, I'll, I'll give you this. You know, I'm not saying that you like. I'm not saying. Look at the pro teams that I cheer yes, for. Yes, I know. I know, that, like, I know you're not a front runner, but <laughs> you need I need to come be a Tottenham guy. Like I need me. you to <laughs> fall in love with soccer, and you can't really do that by watching Crystal Palace every week. So, <laughs> Tottenham Hotspur will always let you down, just like your Bengals and the Reds so, and the Oilers. Hey, the Reds are tied for the wild. Hey, the Reds card are doing right great right now. The Joey Reds Votto. are going to make the playoffs. Joey Votto. Is he's in, like he's an MVP candidate. He has been stellar. Like I mean, you know, I'm gonna Unreal. start like a, a, I don't know, uh, you know, one of those Change.org petitions or something. See if I can get him inducted into the Hall of Fame before the season's over. Because okay. man, that guy has been on fire the last few weeks. Ever since actually, it was uh, I forget her name, but there was that little, you know, like four year old oh, fan uh, in that, San yeah. Diego yep. that her favorite player was Joey Votto. Shows up and he gets ejected in the first inning. Um, and so, you know, he sends a signed ball that was like, hey, sorry that I wasn't there to play. Yeah. Ever since then, and she got tickets from the Reds to go back the next day, and he took pictures and everything just because Joey Votto's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Like, not very many people better than, than Votto. Guy just um, has 2,000th career hit. Yeah. And, 300 home run, right? Yeah. And since, like, I, I think it's been – I saw the stat last night. I'm pulling it off, off the top of my head because I don't – you know, don't want to take the time to find it again, but it was in like the last 40 games or something like that. He's had, or you know, since that happened, he's had 17 home run, or I think it was 30 games, uh-huh. 17 home runs, and 40 RBIs. Jeez, since he's, that happened, and his his batting average has improved. He is just you know, and and the last four times that Nick Castellanos has gotten to the plate and gotten hit by a pitch, he takes first base. Base all four of those times, Joey Votto gets up next and goes yard. <laughs> Jeez. So, okay, it's uh, you know, Joey Votto, MVP, <laughs> MVP. If they make the wild card, he's very much going to be in that discussion. He, yeah. So the Reds, you know, they do this every year. I feel like though, they give <laughs> me hope. Uh, you know, they start off being the Reds. They give me hope. Then they're going to make the wild card this year, and they're going to do what they did last year and just get shut out and have no offense. So, but you know what? I'm ready to be hurt again. All right, so there you go. We even fit some uh, baseball into our five-minute yeah. subs. I like that. We should do more of that. I like baseball talk. It's always fun. All right, coming up next, 
We'll see what happens. We're supposed to have Utah audio at some point, we're hoping. But if not, maybe we'll get to Harvey Unga. A one-on-one conversation I had with him earlier this week, a BYU's running back coach. Uh, we'll get to all of that ahead. You're listening to The Saturday Show right here on the Zone Sports Network. About. Oh, really? This is The Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network, live at the Coats for Kids car show in Bountiful. Really, really fun event going on. There's a lot of people milling around. There's food trucks, incredible vehicles. I'm still just staring at this VW bus right next to us and just in awe. It's a great-looking vehicle. Yeah, no, that... I I will say that the thing that stole the show for me recently, somebody came walking by with their dog, and, uh, (laughs) you know, so that... That got my attention because it, it took all the, the self-control I have to not just throw this headset off and run over and start petting it. Um, Come here, puppy. Yeah. So, yeah, people are bringing their dogs. Um, if you're listening and you have a dog and you can get here before 2 p.m., um, please bring it over and well, let me say hi. Stay late if you, if, you're, if you promise to bring him a puppy. Yeah, if, you, if you're bringing a dog of any, you know, age or size or anything, just like, <laughs> please, please bring it and introduce me. All right, so uh, fun thing we're going to introduce here, and I'm going to let Eric kind of uh, still the still the show here for a minute, but he's got a contest he wants to run on the show for the upcoming football season. So, Eric, what are we going to do? Well, first, there, there's a little intro. Oh, okay, go ahead. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end wow. zone, and he drops it in beautifully. His roommate Dax Milne on the touchdown. Oh, a parachute over the shoulder. Come on. Wilson flushed. Intercepted. Picked off by Utah. Francis Bernard, the former BYU Cougar, runs it back. And in the last nine meetings now between these two, that is the eighth defensive touchdown by Utah. Love looking to the end zone. It's up. It's caught. It's a Utah State touchdown. Scarborough. Scarborough. The Las Vegas native with his second touchdown reception of the go. season. 56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. He ran it back 109 yards. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Oh, my God. Auburn wins. Oh, 
to his left, falling away and launching a perfect throw. Cam steps into it, passes, caught, digs, sideline, touchdown, unbelievable, Vikings win it. All right, so if there's one common thread that I think the three of us know about each other, okay, it is that we love football. More, uh-huh. more than perhaps we should. And uh, I feel like we need a contest. And we need a way to preview the entirety of the week, locally and nationally. And the best way to do that, and you guys can decide on how we want to do it. We can just do picks straight up. We can pick against the spread, whatever you want to do. But every week, we'll have a segment that probably won't play every single segment because it's a little longer, but there's a bed for it and everything where we will pick games each week. So we'll always pick the Utah game, the BYU game, the Utah State game. Uh, but we'll conference between the three of us before the show, pick a Pac-12 game of the week, and then we'll rotate this next one. Every week, one of us will pick a national game of the week. It could be the best game on. It could be a team, a game that we just are really interested in watching. So the G5 can be included in that. I'm sure some of us might pick a Cincinnati game one week, you know. Okay. Uh, but one person will select that each week, and we'll, we'll pick it. And then we'll do the NFL as well briefly with the Sunday night football game each week. And then if we have time, the NFL game of a week which i uh you know as the nfl guy think i'll uh, i'll just i'll curate that every week so i don't know if you guys think this is a good idea or not i just feel like we need something comp- and maybe there's a, a prize involved perhaps you know a plaque or a belt or lunch or something like that at the end of the season for whoever has the best record through this but i feel like it's a good way Probably during the 1 p.m. segment, if we don't have an interview, or the Saki segment even, to or even what's the big deal, to go all the way around the state of Utah, see every single game, where we're th- what we're thinking, you know, who we think's going to win, and, you know, also get a glimpse of the nation at the same time, which I, I think is, is always good. Seems intriguing enough. I think we'll have some fun with that, absolutely. Yeah. We can probably start next week with Week Zero in college football, in all honesty, so... Awesome fun with that. Uh, by the way, on the week zero front, Lundy, does it feel good to know that we're seven days away? Oh, my gosh. I <laughs> I just, like, I tell people all the time, college football is my drug. Like, you know, and I, and now I have a, a, a you know, a career that pays me t- to indulge in my, in my vice. So, you know, that's. It's pretty sweet. Both good and bad in that yeah, regard. You know. uh, by the way, next week's college football slate, for those of you who may be wondering, and you're probably thinking, oh, they're really college football. Yeah. So we start off at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, Nebraska at Illinois. We get a Big Ten game right out the gate uh, to start that season. I'll be on Fox. Then UConn will take on Fresno State. That is going to be an absolute bloodbath in favor of the Bulldogs. I'll just say that right up front right now. Uh, you also have Hawaii at UCLA. It's an interesting contest there. UTEP at New Mexico in what I'd like to term the pillow fight of the week. Yes. And then finally, Southern Utah, a local team, uh, taking on San Jose State out there in San Jose. It's going to be a late game, though, 8 o'clock uh, for the Thunderbirds. They get their season underway. Yeah. it's And I'm excited to just, you know, turn those on and just, you know, I mean, I'll be, I'll be in studio for, you know, 
couple hours with that on in the background. Oh, yeah, we'll and, be watching. Don't worry. But, uh, you know, the rest, like, my eyes will be fixed on college football all day next Saturday, and I am so excited about it. How much do you think uh, this season is going to be, I guess, quote-unquote normal as compared to last year? Are you hoping it's fully normal, or what do you expect? I think it's going to be more normal than okay. next year, or than last year. I don't know that it's going to be completely normal yet because we are still seeing some, some troubling trends uh, with pandemics and things like that. But we are also seeing a good number of teams that are you know, above the, the – vaccination thresholds that you know we're hoping for i mean you look at a lot of these sec teams they're at 100 percent vaccination um and so i think we'll see fewer cancellations i do like that most conferences are putting in a forfeit policy which i think incentivizes teams to to you know get more vaccinated to to take the necessary precautions so that these games don't have to be canceled um, you know, it puts a competitive edge to it because last season, you know, it was a no contest. Yeah. This season, it actually goes on your record. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the coaching staffs, you know, if they, you know, if that prevents them from making a bowl game, they miss out on bonuses. And, you know, it, it could warm up their seat a good amount because that's what they're judged, judged on is their win-loss record. And if it's counting as a loss... That looks really bad on their resume. Yeah, we saw Arizona announce earlier this week that they have achieved 100% vaccination rate in their program. Kyle Winningham, I saw it coming across the timeline. He said that Utah's about 95%. He thinks that's where it's probably going to cap out at. He said there were going to be a few guys he felt like that would ultimately not get vaccinated for. I don't, and I'm not even going to begin to try and guess the reasoning right. for that. There's so many different think variations in all of this, but I, you make a very good point. These coaches, they understand what's at stake because it's their livelihood millions of dollars in many cases for especially in the head coach's case they they want these guys to be as they want as much availability from their players as as is possible i am with you i do expect it to be more normal i i do have concerns though with this uh delta variant just the kind of the resurgence of covid19 of it affecting things i don't know it's not gonna affect anything's right out the gate i don't feel like i feel like they're gonna push forward and just try and act like normal but I do have concerns as we get deeper and deeper into the fall that some complications could come. Yeah. Well, and you, you know, I mean, even with Hawaii playing next week, I know the next week is at the Rose Bowl. It's, you know, yeah. it's an away game for them, but they've already announced that fans to start the season won't be at home games. And they just retrofitted the TC Ching uh, athletic facility. It's it's essentially their practice field. They just retrofitted. It was only going to have 9,500 seats because they're, bu- they're building a new stadium. Mm-hmm. Aloha Stadium has been condemned, by the way, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people know this, but their football stadium was condemned. It, it's being torn down. Like They could not literally play in it. So they're, yeah, but they've already announced they had no fans, at least for the for the foreseeable future. Yeah, so we're seeing that. We're, we're seeing some teams also announce, you know, both Oregon and Oregon State, uh, fans in attendance are going to be required. That's a state of Oregon's to, request. Yeah, yeah. To, to show proof of vaccination. We'll, mm-hmm. I'm sure that we'll see that, you know, expand to more teams. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, how normal we can get it. I don't think we're going to see anything near the caliber of the, uh, you know, last year BYU accepting midweek to play Coastal Carolina. Um, <laughs> yeah. Though, Part of me kind of wishes we would get something like that. Like, I want that to be a, you know, I don't want that to be a flash in the pan. I don't want that to be an anomaly. Sure. I want that to be more normal. That was a lot of fun. I mean, you know, 
we don't need to schedule these games 15 years in advance. Yeah, but they went right back to doing oh, that. Oh, they absolutely have. Like, it's, you know, like, unfortunately, that's the normal. But BYU proved to the nation that you can schedule these things on a few days' notice and give the game of the season, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, that was the best game I watched all of last year. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. It's just a, I'm just hopeful that we get just a normal year. That's what, that's, yeah. that's what I'm hoping for. But we'll wait and see, honestly. But we will do it. And, Eric, I think your idea is actually pretty brilliant. We're going to we're gonna play around with it, obviously. And I think we'll debut it. We'll try it out next week with the college football games. Week zero, we'll have some fun on that front. And we'll keep a running tally. Maybe we'll put uh, some Skittles on it. Who knows? Maybe dinner or something. But we'll figure that out as we go along here. All right, coming up next, we will put a bow on this show. Who knows? What our good friend Eric has cooked up. Uh, I, this final segment of the show, I just never quite know where we're going to go. But nonetheless, we'll put uh, put this show to bed. That's coming up next right here on the Saturday Show. It's the weekend! It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show. Can't wait. Can't, 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 can't wait. It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. City of Angels currently enjoying a ska show. Now I must emphasize, this is not a bit making fun of Alex. His love for ska is potentially the purest thing about this show, and it truly brings us great joy. Alex deserves the time off and works hard, so in his honor, here are three fun facts about ska. Fun fact 1. Ska started in the 1950s and actually originated in Jamaica. It was a predecessor to reggae within the country, and the style made its way to New Orleans where it was adopted by blues music. Two-tone ska, the more contemporary version of the art form, was developed in England in the 1970s. Finally, fun fact three. Ska has always been a bit underground. It doesn't get much radio airtime, except for here on the Saturday show. Fun fact number three is that Alex Lundberg is single-handedly keeping ska music relevant on terrestrial radio. What can we say? The man loves ska. Ska defines who I am as a person, and I will never turn my back on ska. Well, Hi guys, we like ska music in the Bengals. What's up? Hey guys, I like ska. So, Wendy, when you were gone last week in L.A., as it mentions in that open, we played that last week, and I was dying laughing. <laughs> That's amazing. It was well done. Eric, yeah. well done on that. And you did your research. You yeah. did your research. You know, you, you accurately depicted first and second wave ska. Um, you know, the music playing there less than Jake. That's more third wave ska, which was popular in the U.S. in the 90s, mid-90s. Probably I was going to say, less than Jake is kind of my era of ska right oh, there. Wikipedia yeah, does wonders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, less than Jake. They're actually going to be here in Salt Lake September 15th with Newfound Glory on the uh, Pop Punk Still Not Dead tour. Pop um, Punk Still Not Dead. I like it. So yeah, um, I've seen less than Jake a 
number of times, and they are fantastic. Hey, I love seeing them live. Here's my question just about Lust and Jig. They don't seem to be true Ska in the purest form. Does that make sense? They think they cross over a little bit, don't they? Yeah, they, they have had kind of, you know, sometimes where they veered a little bit more towards pop punk, yeah. but they, they still, I think, fit the mold for third wave Ska, especially, oh, yeah. you know, they're like, you know, they had a, an album come out at the end of 2020, mm -hmm. Silver Linings, that was very true to their ska roots. Okay. Fair enough. Um, so they did sort of start to kind of depart a little bit. Um, you know, there were a handful of songs on Anthem that weren't, you know, really ska punk. Yeah. They were more pop punk. Um, same thing with uh, In With The Out Crowd. So that album, you know, which when it came out, I didn't love, and it has aged really well. That's one of my favorites of theirs. Okay. But, yeah, so... Excellently done, Eric, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I was down there enjoy enjoying a good ska punk show in, uh, you know, some good Orange County ska. Bite As Me Bambi was the, the, the headliner. Okay. As I mentioned last week, I had no idea that ska started in Jamaica of all places. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, and, it, you know, I mean, reggae came from it, which yeah. you can hear that influence yeah, it does. in there. So. so good stuff all the same by Eric. Uh, obviously, each week on the Saturday show, if you don't stay for the final segment, you're not sure what you're going to get, honestly. And Eric says he's got stuff stored up. He, he's apparently just been plotting stuff for a, for a while now. Yeah, it's... I, I'm I'm a little bit scared about you know like just every week it's like oh, you know what's he where's he going with this What did I say this week that he's going to use against me? Yeah, Eric's got like you know he's got more blackmail on me than probably <laughs> anybody else in the world. Well, there you go. So good times all the way around. Uh, by the way, wanted to give a shout out to the Bountiful Rotary Club. It's been an absolute blast to be out here at is it Bountiful North Park? Is that what they're calling Fourth North Park? I don't know. It's right next to Bountiful Junior High School. It's a Coats for Kids car show. Uh, some absolutely incredible vehicles. We're talking like stuff from it feels like the early, early days of vehicles to modern day. We've got a bunch of Shelby Cobras sitting just right across from us. We've got VW buses we mentioned a couple times in today's show. I've seen some trucks down there. We had, it looked like, I don't know what type of car that was that pulled up and kind of wheeled around here, but that one from probably the early 1900s. So some absolutely incredible vehicles. If you are looking to do something this afternoon, come by, support what they got going on here. As I said, it, it goes to kids. They're trying to get coats for kids for the upcoming winter, obviously, and we who lives here in Utah knows how cold these winters can get. Yeah, it's it's a great cause. So, you know, I mean, we're we're wrapping up here, but this event is definitely not wrapping up. So yeah, get up here, just kind of you know, take a, a trip through time as you walk through the different car displays and things like that. Get some food, make yep. some donations. Uh, I'm about to go, you know, talk to people about their dogs because I've <laughs> seen a, you know that number has been increasing. Yeah, so it's just an absolute blast we're having here, having a lot of fun. So, yeah, like Alex mentioned, get over here, support, have some fun, check everything out that they got going on. But we will, of course, be back next week. In the meantime, uh, make sure to join DJ and PK, Hands and Scotty, and the big show throughout the week for everything going on. Sounds like we could have quarterback decisions made by both Utah and BYU by midweek next week. I think Utah probably will actually reveal theirs. I don't expect BYU to reveal theirs at all. But coming up next is be the Movie Zone with Johnny Lightfoot and Austin Horton. They'll be talking all things movies this week and anything. I, well, okay, Johnny, hop on here for just a second. I want to ask you a question about this. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys had Larry Tassoni on this week. Is that right? We have Larry Tassoni, Megaplex film buyer. Yeah. He buys all of them and places all the films in all the Megaplexes across Utah. Yeah. Great guy. 
He's a great dude. He's always a fun interviewer. So anything we need to look forward to on the upcoming edition of There the is show. a movie coming up or coming out called Coda. Okay. It's yeah. uh, Children of Deaf Adults. And uh, it's it won a bunch of awards up at the Sundance Film Festival, including the Grand Jury Prize, Best Director, a bunch of stuff. It's a limited engagement at the Megaplexes, so definitely get out and see this movie. I think it's going to be up for more awards at award time coming up in uh, January. All right, so check that out. It's coming up next. Thanks again for all of you for joining us here on The Saturday Show. We'll be back next week. This has been Alex and Jake on The Saturday Show on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and The Zone Sports Network. See you.